This episode of the Lawn Care Business Success Podcast is brought to you by Audible. For a free 30-day trial and one free audiobook of your choice, head on over to lawncarebusinesssuccess.com forward slash audible. You're listening to the Lawn Care Business Success Podcast, the weekly show sharing proven methods and systems in marketing, equipment, and customer service, educational and motivational, to help make your lawn care business an overwhelming success. Now here's your host, Julio Tomei. Welcome, Lawn Care Nation, to another episode of the Lawn Care Business Success Podcast. I'm your host, Julio Tomei, and this is episode number 81, entitled Interview with Conley Ipsen from Ready, Set, Mo." Well, hello, everybody, and thanks again for joining me this week on another episode of the Lawn Care Business Success Podcast. Really appreciate you guys tuning in, as always, and super excited this week. We're doing our first uh, podcast interview episode as per uh, the suggestions of some of you listeners out there who uh, suggested that I should uh, branch out and uh, get some other people's perspectives and uh, do some interviews. So I reached out uh, on Instagram as well as on my email list and uh, had a few people show some interest. So we're starting with uh, uh, Conley here. Uh, so, uh, hopefully you guys, uh, enjoy the episode. It did run a bit long. It's in the, uh, hour and 41 or 43 minute range of just the interview portion of the show. Um, but, uh, you know, as we were talking, we were like really into it and, uh, he was dropping some really great value bombs and sharing some really personal, um, struggles and stuff that he's had for his business and how he overcame them. Uh, so, you know, I told him cause he kept sort of apologizing and I told him, you know, what, don't worry about it. I don't mind the episode going uh, super long because it was just so information packed. Uh, so I'm going to do something actually a little bit different in light of that as well is, uh, I'm going to put the, um, podcast and announcements right now, right after uh, this introduction, and then go straight into the interview so that there's no, um, you know, I'm not breaking up or or uh, having to interrupt uh, halfway through uh, the uh, interview because I, like I said, I believe it was just a, a fantastic interview, so I don't want to disrupt that. So uh, we'll head into the podcast announcements right now and uh, get uh, into the interview to the whole uh, hour and 43 minute interview right after that. So stay tuned. Hey guys, if you have any questions or comments about the show, I'd love to hear from you. You can head on over to lawncarebusinesssuccess.com forward slash contact. And while you're there, why not join my mailing list and get access to a free PDF document of a landscape maintenance contract you can feel free to copy and use in your own business. For you Instagram users out there, be sure to follow me at Lawn Care Business Success. And if you haven't checked out my videos yet, well, what are you waiting for? Be sure to subscribe to the Lawn Care Business Success YouTube channel. Now, I know you guys love listening to audio while you work as much as I do. So I've partnered up with Audible to offer you guys a free 30-day trial and one free audiobook of your choice. There's no long-term commitments and you can cancel any time. And get this, even if you cancel during the trial period, you get to keep your free audiobook. It's a great way to try the service and see if Audible is right for you. So why not give it a try? Head on over to lawncarebusinesssuccess.com forward slash Audible. Now back to the show. Hey, Conley. Um, welcome to the show. Thanks for uh, being our first guest on the Lawn Care Business Success Podcast. Uh, how are you doing? I'm doing well, man. And thank you. The pleasure is all mine. I appreciate you having me on. 
Well, thanks again. Um, just get uh, right into it, and uh, maybe you can tell us a bit about yourself and uh, your business. Yeah, yeah. I'll try not to steal the show here. Um, I definitely <laughs> tend to ramble, so <laughs> if you need to interrupt me, cut me off, get me back on track, that's fine. Um, yeah, no problem. So, um, my name is Conley Ibsen. I'm 28 years old. I live in uh, Salt Lake City, Utah. I run a company, Ready, Set, Mo. I've been in business. Um, I've been in the industry for like 15, 16 years, you know, just knocking on doors. Hey, let me mow your lawn. I need 10 bucks or whatever, right? Yeah, yeah. But so I've been in the, I've been in the in the industry for a lot longer than I've been running it professionally. Um, professionally, closer to more more like eight years. Um, anyway, we we can get into the the business side of things later. Yeah. Um, I'm a I'm a father. I have two children, a uh, four year old and an eleven month old. Both boys. Been married for six years, and yeah, I mean life's 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 whatever I make it make it out to be. So right now it's going pretty well. That's great. That's great. So you've got uh, quite a bit of experience then uh, being in the industry for so long and uh, starting up, uh, it sounds like uh, uh, maybe as a side hustle originally. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely started as a side hustle. So now uh, the uh, lawn care business is your uh, main income? It is. It is. My wife stays home with the boys and I work whenever the sun shines, basically. Oh, wow. Um, so that's, uh, actually, um, pretty difficult, uh, task there. A lot of extra pressures there. If your wife is not, uh, uh, working or bringing any income, you've got a lot of extra uh, weight on your shoulders that I've never personally had to experience because my wife has always, uh, worked as well. So has that been a, a bit of a struggle or have you been, uh, um, managing it all well? Uh, so that's, I, that's actually a really good question. Um, yes and no. <laughs> okay. Yeah, like it's it's definitely been a struggle because I don't manage my finances as well as I should. And okay. obviously this isn't really, you know, like the the format to get into preaching yeah. finance podcast or yeah, anything yeah. like that, but uh you know, I it wasn't until just this last year so the 2016 season that I decided that like hey, maybe you should be intelligent with where you're spending your money, you know, cuz basically in the summertime I'm making way more money than I need. Yes. And just decide, well, hey, if I I want this, I want that, I want to update this, I want to get a new this, right? So like, yeah, I just yeah. spend money like it's going out of style and then winter rolls around and I'm like, oh crap. Yeah, yeah. I still have a mortgage. I still yes. have a truck payment. You know, I still have these things to pay that in years past, I've never been smart about it. So this last year, 2016, was one of my best years just because I focused on, you know, basically like the task at hand as well as the the you know obvious future of the winter okay winter in utah there's sometimes snow sometimes not and you can't really rely on making a living to support a family of four on just hopes and dreams yes yes that sounds a lot like from uh, where i'm from here in vancouver it's the same sort of thing it's um you know you get the odd years where you get that snow and you can bank that extra uh, cash during the winter but i always treat it as if there's not going to be and uh, i always plan ahead and make sure i'm budgeting and saving money uh, to make sure all those bills are paid throughout the winter Uh, so i basically treat every year as a no snow year and if it snows then and it's bonus. That, that is so smart. That is so smart. Something that, like I said, I've, I've never done in the past. So like this year is probably the, the least stressed out I've ever felt going into the winter. And I'm in no, like in no means am I sitting on hundreds of thousands of dollars, not even tens of thousands, right? I'm yes, sitting yes, on yeah. just enough that like 
if worse comes to worse and I don't earn anything, I can pay my mortgage and, and like, and food, you know? Yes. Yeah. I can, I can feed my kids and my wife and make sure that everything's afloat. And, yeah. And make it through till the next season. Exactly. Exactly. Rather yeah, than yeah. starting negative, start at least at zero. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. It's so, it's so easy to get, uh, uh, trapped into credit lines and things like that. And then, and, and start digging a hole for yourself. So it's smart to plan ahead like that and, and make sure that uh, you got things covered. Yeah. That's great. It, but like I said, I know this isn't the, the format for financial talks, but that's, that's a game that I don't play. I don't have any credit cards. I don't, I don't utilize any of that. The only debt I have is for vehicles, the home, uh, equipment, but even that I'm working, I'm working as hard as I can to get rid of that. Cause it's just, oh, okay. It, yeah. That's just a risk that, you know, I mean, basically yeah. I'm, I'm for somebody else. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm the same. I hate, uh, anything to do with payments. Um, in fact, uh, yesterday I was, uh, looking at my truck and it's getting, you know, kind of older. It's a 2005, uh, Duramax diesel. And I'm like, eh, you know, it'd be nice to have a, a new truck. And then I thought, eh, that means payments. So yeah. no thanks. <laughs> yeah. Yep. $670 a month for my 2011 Duramax. So. Yeah, so it's uh, I'm like eh, I don't know about that, um, but on the opposite side, I do utilize credit cards. I always have, but I've never gone in 25 years of using them. I've never gone a month without paying the bill in full. Oh wow! Um, so I use them. Um, I pay for everything on my credit cards and then just pay the bill all, all off at once. But then I accumulate tons and tons of points and then we turn around and get free groceries or right. uh, whatever at the end of each month, you know, it can result into hundreds or even uh, sometimes, you know, a thousand or $2,000 a year in free items or free perks. Uh, but the key is to make sure that you're paying that bill off in full every month so right, that there's, right. you're not incurring any of the interest, right? Yeah, because if not, you're paying 20% more on yeah, your groceries then, than you, yeah. than you really, you know, like... Yeah, then uh, there's I no bought, point. I bought a gallon of ice cream. Now that ice cream gallon, you know, it was eight bucks. Now it's going to cost me 13 because of yeah, interest. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know? So yeah. That, that, yeah. that's, to me, that's a risk that I'm just, I don't want to take that no. risk. Like, I'm just, yeah, I'm yeah. good without it personally, you know, but... yeah. Like yeah. I know a lot of business wise, it makes a lot of sense, but I just, yeah. because like I said, I've managed finances so poorly in the past that I just, yes, yes, it I just kind too. of avoid the, you know, avoid the slot machines, if you will. Right? Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. If you're, if you know, you're not good at something, if you know, you're going to screw something up, kind of just don't do it. Like I'm not an yeah. electrician, so I'm not going to go and rewire somebody's house. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Yeah. No, that's a, that's, that's a smart thing to do. An option uh, for people that are interested in having issues, um, with, uh, you know, that sort of thing or don't uh, want to get into a mess is maybe trying prepaid credit cards and still collecting the perks, but you're prepaying the credit card and it won't go over whatever you've spent on that credit card or whatever right. you've prepaid on that credit card. Might be a neat way to build credit and to, uh, you know, maybe train yourself into, uh, trying to use it for your business. But if you're good the other way too, then that's, that's awesome. Right. Self-discipline yeah, I mean, is the key. Exactly. Whatever me, works, just, right. If, if there's no money in the account, then, then I get, you know, I, take, yep. I literally can't afford it. Right. Yeah. If I try to rely on credit, then it's like, well, I'll, I'll, I'll buy it now. And then in, in a month I'll have the money. And then you yeah, know, obviously yeah. life happens and things come up and it's just one of those games that I've, I've failed at in the past and I'm, yes, I'm, yes. You know, yeah. Hey, I don't need to get hit in the face 
you know, to know that I, that I don't need to box anymore, you know? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. No, no, that's, that's <laughs> perfect. Yeah. I think the, the only difference is I, I just look at it in, uh, um, like what you said there, if you don't have the money, you don't spend it. I do the same thing, but it's just with the credit card. I don't use the credit cards if I didn't have money, if, you know, as long as I know I already have it covered in my account, then that's where, you know, I'd be like, okay, I can do that. And I've budgeted and thing. I'm just going to put it on my card instead of paying for it right now right right so if, that, i mean if you can uh, earn I, the points on a $2,500 purchase or something yeah like, oh, like let's earn the points and then i know i have the cash to pay that off it it i think they call it the float like playing okay, play, yeah. you know, playing the floats it's beneficial to a lot of people and a lot of people do it but then at the end of the day you know the majority of, of americans i know you're in canada but like in, you know yeah. the majority of americans have i think it's like $35,000 of credit card debt is the yeah. average yeah that's like, crazy i mean that's a that's a float that some people have lost and that's just yeah uh, you know i mean yeah, it is not, what it is I've, I've lost in the past with with it too you know i've, I've yeah, got yeah. myself a massive amount of debt that i'm working my way through but yeah that's just kind of awesome. i mean that's it's part of the business it's part of life though right like yeah you know you ha- it takes money to make money kind of a thing and i, I thought that yeah. way for a long time so i borrowed on equipment and to or you know took took out a loan to, to buy equipment and then took out the loan to buy the truck the trailer you know and yeah and at the end of the day that's where that's where almost all of my debt is with the exception of my house um all of my debt is basically what i internalize as business debt but you know it's it has my name signed on it you know it's yes the yes. truck the mowers the trailer you know yeah uh, just whatever i need to run the business is what i've borrowed on and yeah no that's awesome i see that it's probably one of the biggest uh, things I'll see with guys in lawn care is going out and buying a brand new truck right away or, or buying <laughs> all that equipment. And I've done it myself too with, um, you know, with the, the, when I bought the Walker, uh, mower and stuff, that was $14,000. Yeah. Um, and you know, everybody around me had them and I was like, you know, this, uh, this is what I need. But I was, uh, new in, you know, fairly new in the business. And I had, I was in that franchise and stuff and it was like, okay, you know, this is what I'll get. Cause this is what everybody's recommending. And you know, it's a great mower and all that oh, stuff. Yeah. But I you know, at the time, yeah. And at the time though, I didn't have the client base to support it. Um, right. so it wasn't the right mower for me and my business with the sort of smaller lawns and all that stuff. So then after a few years, it was like, I started noticing this trend of this $14,000 mower is sitting on my trailer 90% of the time. And the, you know, $1,200 Honda is uh, being used, you know, that 90% of the time. So something's not right here, right? This thing, this $1,200 Honda is earning 90% of my income. And the $14,000 one is just sitting there looking pretty on the back of my trailer. So I've never, I've never had a customer tell me, you know, the only reason I hired you is because you have a a really nice lawnmower. Yeah. Yeah. No kidding. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) I hired you because your lawnmower looks good or your truck looks nice or yeah. yeah. None of it ever comes down to that. And so, I mean, like, yeah, I have a different climate here, so I have a couple of bigger commercial mowers. Um, I I've never bought the Walker. I've wanted one, but I'm yep. I'm running Xmark is the brand of mower that okay, I run. Yep. Um, yep. I've got a 36 inch. Um, <clears throat> we're actually right on the little. Uh, it's called either a Velky or a Sulky. Yeah. Goes either way. Um, I ride that one on my 36. Then I I just uh, two years ago bought a 48 inch Xmark Vantage, which is similar to like the right standard. So I've got a platform. Okay, yeah. Yeah, I've seen those. Yeah. Um, a huge time saver. Most of the yards here sit at about a quarter of an acre to a third of an acre. Okay. So it makes a lot of sense to have a bigger mower. Mm-hmm. 
Um, those look so nice and compact. Oh, they're they're the foot, great. The footprint on those. Yeah, yeah. I mean, compared to the thirty-six inch, you know, obviously it's it's a foot uh, smaller in width. Yeah. But it's it's almost twice as long. Okay. Um, yeah. With you know with the Velky and, and me riding on the back of it, it's yes, it's yes. definitely like you know it's running almost almost eight eight or nine feet in uh, probably probably like seven or eight feet in length. Yeah. Where the the stand the my stand up one my my Vantage. Yep. I'm probably four feet. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. They just look great. And turn just, just in certain areas. It's just a little bit too tight and you'll have to back the, the 36 all the way up, which trying to back up on a Velky, it's a little bit of a, little bit of an acquired skill. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. If you screw it up, you'll snap your ankle real quick. Okay. Um, Yeah. But you know, I mean, it's nice on that, on that platform. You just, you just cruise safe. Yeah. Yeah. They go about eight miles an hour. And, but I mean, and then I still have my uh, my Honda, my you know twelve hundred dollar yeah commercial grade Honda. It's the first one I ever bought, and I bought it ten years ago. And I'm yeah still using this the exact same lawnmower I started with. Yeah, you know, they're great. I, they, they'll I use it, go I use forever. It weekly. Use it weekly. Definitely not on every lawn, but I I still use it weekly. Yeah, no, they're great mowers. They go forever and ever. Um, I still have my original one. It's eleven years old now, um, and I use that for uh, you know the majority of my whole business over those 11 years. And then I decided to replace it for cosmetic reasons. The deck was starting to actually get holes in it, like rust holes from right. all the rain. Um, and I was like, um, uh, just spot welding the little like patches <laughs> and things on it and stuff. So I was like, okay, now it's looking kind of trashy. It still runs fantastic. The transmission's still great, but you know, I'll get a new one. And then Solid I ended up getting up. a new one and put that one as a backup. And then, that one I ended up getting stolen. Oh. So I had, I went and finished the season with the backup, brought that one back out of retirement and uh, did that. And then replaced uh, that more at the beginning of this season with another Honda. And now it's back to being the backup again. Right. The, and, and, the Hondas are great. It's a solid backup. Yeah. Yeah. Very great. So uh, actually um, what uh, first attracted you to uh, the lawn care industry? And uh, made you think about starting a, a lawn care business? Um, I mean, just being a being a young kid, I've always had the uh, the, the mindset of I don't want to I don't want to call it entrepreneurialism, okay? Because personally, I define it kind of differently than most other people would would define it. Um, I always had the idea that like I'm in charge of myself. I'm in charge of, you know, the things that I want, you know, growing up, my parents never had a ton of money. So I, I, if I wanted a bicycle or if I wanted a dirt bike or a new skateboard or, you know, whatever, if I needed to get new grip tape for my skateboard, mm-hmm. you know, I think that was like $20 or something. And my parents yeah. wouldn't, they just wouldn't. Yeah. They, they, they'd tell me, you know, no, no. Yeah. If you, like, if you want it, go get it. So yeah. at a young age, I was looking for jobs, you know, I'm, I'm calling like the gas stations. Hey, can you hire a 12 year old? And they're, you know, obviously that's not legal. So, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. you know, I got a paper route and just paper out was, was great, but it just wasn't enough. You know, and I'm thinking, man, I could mow the lawn. My grandparents will pay me 15 bucks to go mow their lawn. And then I started doing that. A couple of neighbors down my street, you know, I started knocking on doors and an older gentleman in the neighborhood. And I just, you know, Hey, can I mow your lawn for, for $10, you know? And he's an older guy. He's, he's, you know, whatever. Sure. Yeah. I'll help out the neighbor kid. And so I just started doing that. And he actually was the only one that, uh, of the neighborhood that says, you know, I want you to come out every week. Oh, nice. And so like, you know, at 12, 11, 12 years old, I start 
mowing this guy's lawn weekly. And, you know, I have no idea that I'm running a business at this time. Yeah, yeah. But I'm 11 years old running a business. And, you know, we went out of town, we went camping. And so I was just, I had that responsibility. So I have a friend of mine, hey, I need you to go and mow this lawn and I'll give you, I'll give you eight of the $10. I'll, you know, you can, I'll, I'll pay you $8 because you'll use my lawnmower. And so <laughs> mm-hmm. it was just like, he he was good with it. He got an extra eight bucks, and you know, after after a, a year, you know, or, or the summer or whatever, um, I had a little bit of money saved up that I decided I want to buy, you know, a new bicycle, and it, it just kind of from there, I realized that I I guess I unintentionally planted a seed that if I want if I want something more than what's you know provided, yeah. that. I have to go out and I have to create it. Mm. So, you know, fast forward to uh, now I'm 16 years old. I, I, I actually dropped out of high school cause I didn't feel like that was where my time was best spent. And I ended up getting a full-time job. My parents had to sign a note that they would allow me to work full-time and I wow. worked full-time at McDonald's. Wow. And, uh, you know, I, I just, I started hustling there and, and then, you know, at the end of it, all, all the taxes come out. My paycheck's not really as big as I think that it should be. So I go and find another job that pays $2 more. Mm-hmm. And I just kind of went through that cycle. But, um, a neighbor that lived behind me, um, he actually had started and was running a small lawn care company. He was, okay. he, was actually, he was actually mowing the lawn at the McDonald's that I worked at. Okay. And so, you know. Um, he comes over or I went over to his house one day and I was just chatting with him cause you know, Oh yeah, I used to mow the neighbor's lawns and blah, blah, blah. Now I'm a little bit older and you know, I just, I have other things that I spend my time on. And he says, why don't you come mow for me? Take, you know, take off yeah. after, after you get off work at, at this place, come grab the mowers, mow these couple places and I'll pay you $13 an hour. You know? So I started doing that for him every week. Um, you know, just one day a week, just mowing these McDonald's and, Long story short, with that, I started realizing, hey, he's charging forty-five dollars uh, per per service, and I'm only making yeah. thirteen an hour, and I'm yeah. getting, I'm getting two McDonald's done in an hour and a half. Yeah, he's doing ninety, and I'm making what twenty. Yeah, and so I look at the situation, and I'm thinking, hmm, I could make ninety dollars yeah. versus twenty dollars. <laughs> yeah, maybe I should start mowing lawns again, right? And yeah. so uh, about a year <laughs> later. Um, when I was right as I, I think I was 17. Um, yeah, yeah, I was 17. Um, I told him, I says, Hey, I really appreciate everything. You've taught me a a ton. Um, I'm going on my own. And he was, he was thrilled for me. Super, super, super cool guy. Um, actually gave me a backpack blower to, Mm -hmm. to help with the startup costs, you know, and because at that point I I had only saved up, you know, four or 500 bucks went down. Um, I actually bought a residential grade Honda mm-hmm. uh, trimmer and a, and a stick edger and then took off, picked up like six customers, built built that up. And then the, the next season bought a commercial Honda. And then that's when I actually like registered the business and everything. So as soon as I turned 18, you know, started that next season, I, I registered everything and started doing everything quote unquote legit. Yeah. Um, and I've, I've, I've run it. Ever since then, I've, there hasn't been a single year that I haven't been running it. So that's been 10 years that I've actually been running a, a quote-unquote legit business. Yeah, um, yeah. But I, I, I've always still had a part-time job or, you know, worked a full-time job through the winter and then would really cut it close. And then, okay, well, I'll quit my job April, May and start mowing lawns, you know, and try to transition so that there's no lapse in 
money. Obviously. Yes. Yes. Um, but, uh, maybe about two and a half, three years ago was when I really flipped that switch and figured if I'm working even a part-time job during the summer, you know, there's, if it's a four hour shift, I've got to go home, shower, get ready to go to work and then come home, drive home from work. I'm, I'm spending six hours on a part-time job where that extra six hours could be spent on sprinkler repairs or doing another, you know, 10 lawns or yeah. whatever, you know? And so I'm, I'm making $25, $30 at this part-time job after taxes where I could go pick up the work, do sprinklers, lawns, aerations for like, you know, you name it, whatever other service I can add and make five, $600. Yes. So that's a similar, similar path, um, with, uh, with, with me, um, where I, you know, my wife will say, as I'm getting older and getting more tired and I'll, you know, uh, start to complain a little bit about, uh, you know, sore knees or things like that. She'll be like, well, you know, maybe it's time for you to, uh, you know, stop mowing lawns and, and, you know, maybe, you know, think about getting a, another job or doing something and going back to, <laughs> you know, not being self-employed, not work dealing with all the customers and all that sort of stuff. But then I'll think and be like, but, when you start doing the math for, you know, the amount of time that you're working and how much you can actually make in the lawn care for the amount of time, it's like, I would have to work, you know, the whole week oh, at yeah. some other job doing this where I can do this in a few hours a day and make that, that money. So it makes no sense. Right. Yeah, ab absolutely. I'm, I'm so lucky that my wife is, is incredibly supportive. Obviously kind of the same thing. Like I've, I've got a bulge disc in my lower back, so I'm mm -hmm. constantly complaining about back pain and you know, she says, She's, you know, really helpful. Well, you should do some stretches and you should do this, and, yeah. you know, but, and I, not, not once has she said, I think you should shut down the business or you should stop working the business because she knows that, I mean, hell, I'm, I'm 28 years old. I've mm -hmm. had over 40 jobs yeah. in the last 11 years. Yeah. You know, like I just, I, I, I start a job, I work with somebody and like, things are going great. And then I, about three months in is where I hit that plateau where I think I should really be doing something else with my life. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I, I, I unintentionally by starting a business, I've worked myself out of a job. Like I'm, oh, okay. I'm unemployable. I'm a horrible, horrible employee. Yeah. And, that's, I mean, I'm, I'm the same. Like, I, and that's just, that's just being honest. And I've had job interviews where, you know, I've tried to get, pick up some income through the winter and I'll, and I'll just tell them, look, I'm not going to be your best employee. Like I'll work as hard as I can. I'll do my best for you, but my priorities lie elsewhere. Yeah. I did the same thing once. I remember sitting in an interview once, um, for a job at Home Depot and, <laughs> uh, halfway through the interview, the uh, manager looks at me and goes, I've never interviewed somebody who's so relaxed. You're not nervous. You're not. And all I could think of in my head was this is home Depot, buddy. <laughs> it's, yeah, like, yeah. it's like, it's not, you know, it's uh, yes, I need the job or whatever, but I, I know already it's not going to be my life's work or whatever. Yeah. Right. So it's like, if it's, this if you don't, career. yeah, it's like, I know what I'm capable of and the potential I've got. So, you know, this is great. This will hold me over, but it's, you know, if you don't hire me, you know, that's your loss basically. Yeah. Which is cool. Cause like when you handle those situations, you know, anybody obviously that, that, that does this industry for the most part, they do end up needing to do something through the winter to just help make ends meet if they're, you know, at all like the majority and don't save money, you know? So there are people that are out constantly like, Hey, I got to get a job through the winter and you know, whether it's washing windows or installing windows, framing yeah. or, you know, working at home Depot, if you sit down and you have an interview, you do kind of have this attitude about you, this aura that like, this is temporary. I don't need this job, you yeah. know? And, and it's, it's surprisingly, I trust me. I know I've had over 40 jobs 
yeah. <laughs> it's surprisingly like attractive to employers, you know? Yeah. Yeah. A, a, there's, the I think confidence. there's a saying something about like a desperate salesman, you know, you can smell yeah. a desperate salesman. They yeah, don't, yeah, yeah. you know, somebody that walks in the situation and just like, look, I don't need to make the sell. You know, that's the yeah. guy that I want to sell me something because he's, yeah, yeah, exactly. he's not going to push. He's not going to be aggressive. He's not going to tell me something I don't yeah. want to hear. You know, he's just, he's just going to say, look, this is the thing. This is what it is. What you're in. If you're interested, great. If you're not great, like yeah, perfect. it's on the table. It's, it's yeah. up to you. Now, listening to your, um, going back a little bit to um, talking about your starting up and when you were mowing at McDonald's and stuff, I uh, got a little, uh, a bit of a lesson that might be um, helpful to other guys out there. And that's if you've got employees and you've got good employees you want to keep, don't let them know how much you're making on these, <laughs> these lawns. I know another guy who uh, had a pretty successful company and tons of employees. And I remember asking him, you know, so how are the employees doing? Like, you are they working out good? He says, they're great. And he says, I'm so thankful that they don't realize that they don't need me. <laughs> he says, right? Because all I do is basically book the jobs and stuff. They're doing all the work and making me all this money and they could do it all on their own, but they don't realize that yet. <laughs> so oh, yeah. he was like, I'm so thankful that they don't realize that they don't need me. And I, like, I, I've, I've, I've gone through a big transition in my, in my life a lot over the last year and a half. We can touch on this a little bit later, but like yeah. honesty has been a huge part of it. And so I, I, I tell everybody the truth almost regardless because yeah. it's just easier that way. I mean, even the yeah. smallest little like, Hey, I'm running late because whatever, like I'll just tell them like, Hey, I'm running late. I, I just didn't leave early enough. Like I didn't mm -hmm. like, that's my mistake. I don't blame it on traffic or any of that crap. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So, um, with with I, I don't actually have any employees. I'm I run I run my company solo, but yeah. um, I've had help in the past. You know, a friend of mine he'll come out and he'll help me, and you know, charge a certain amount per hour for him, and then I pay him. You know, a a little less than that, right? Yeah. And so let's let's just say for example, if I'm charging twenty five dollars per man hour, I'm paying him fifteen. Okay. Yeah. You know, so I still make money on him, yeah. and obviously that's that's business that's the whole idea yeah. that's yeah that's you have to the only way that the world runs right yeah but and i've told him you know hey i'm charging 25 dollars an hour for this work or like this lawn is a 35 dollar lawn this is a 75 dollar lawn whatever but then it's then when we're in the truck driving in between properties he hears all the phone calls and he knows all the stress of you know yeah hey, yeah, look, yeah i've got a i've got a ten thousand dollar lawnmower in the back i've got another six thousand dollar lawnmower in the back then i've yeah. got a twelve hundred dollar lawnmower in the back then i've got a you know five thousand dollar trailer and this stupid thirty five thousand dollar truck loan that i have yeah yeah <laughs> and like he, he's looking at it and he's like man maybe maybe running this type of business is a lot more stressful than just i could make ninety dollars in an hour and a half on my own versus making 20 yes you're right so yeah, yeah. i try to I try to not necessarily remind him of how yep. much it sucks to run a business, but I do kind of let him know, you know, Hey, look, like I'm paying you $15 an hour because you're saving me so much time and, and effort and taking away the stress of how stressful this thing is. Yeah. That makes sense. Yep. Yeah. yeah, no, that's great. Great. Uh, great. The honesty is the best policy. Obviously it's uh, a lot easier to, um, if you're honest, you don't have to, uh, backtrack or try to remember what you said or, yeah, exactly. You know, <clears throat> I know a couple of guys that, um, are notorious for uh, the excuses and everything and uh you know every time they talk and stuff it's like okay hold on hold on let me uh get my gumboots on first because i know you're <laughs> going to be spewing a lot of stuff right so let me get prepared here right because and you know over the years you just okay whatever they say you don't even it, don't even bother listening anymore because it's like 
you know, it's, I don't know what's true and what's not true. Uh, right. So, yeah. So like, it's, honesty I, is definitely the best. A handful of friends that I'll have conversations with, not, not very frequently anymore, but you know, it's just like, okay, yeah. Why, why'd you even tell me that story? Cause we both know that's not true, but whatever. Sure. Yeah. 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 yeah I'll <laughs> believe that one. Sure. Yep, yeah. You got it. You know, and you just kind of get to a point where once, once you start to like focus on being true, like in, in your own life, being honest and truthful with everything, you just start to realize like, maybe not to say that you're better than other people, but like, maybe like I'm in a, in a different place and I don't need to spend time with the people that are, you know, dragging you down that are telling lies yeah. and doing these things. And so yeah. like, it's, it's, uh, it's actually pretty interesting how, how different group of friends I have now versus I had two years ago. Mm -hmm. because and just, and, and, yeah, I, if I, the same thing. And as you know, and it might be, I think we're similar in that respect. And it's probably, I know, um, um, before, uh, we started recording and talking when we were just sort of talking there, uh, we were talking about some of the podcasts and stuff, other podcasts and things. And I remember you mentioning, um, uh, John Lee Dumas, obviously you listen to entrepreneur on fire. Right. Um, and you know, he's, talks a lot about that, about the, you know, uh, you are the, um, you the know, average of your the, five closest the friends. Average, yeah. So, and it's totally true, right? I've done the same thing where there's people in my life that are negative all the time Absolutely. and I just try to distance myself from them. And it's amazing. Like you can be, uh, completely try to, you know, pers uh, put out this positive attitude and everything. And then every time you get around this person, you find yourself slipping into, you know, negative uh, thoughts or just a negative attitude and stuff, just being around the person. Right. And it's, uh, it's amazing how, uh, how true it is. The, right? you know, the, oh, poor me and the, the yeah. sorrow and why isn't, you know, the, I deserve this. And like, yes, that's, that's a dangerous thought, man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> As soon as you start going down that road, you end up you end up putting a, a gun to your head in the garage at three o'clock in the morning, you know. And um, yeah, I, yeah, I see. I, it just seems like the world is is going that way. And I remember, um, like, I don't want to get into uh, politics and stuff, um, but I remember with uh, the whole U.S. Uh, election, um, just with Donald Trump's slogan "Make America Great Again," and I remember talking about it in a podcast, saying, um, you know don't wait for somebody else to make America great again. Yeah. You, you have to do it yourself. There's nobody else that's going to come along and rescue you. Things will always be the same unless you, the individual citizen changes it Absolutely. and, and takes responsibility for your own life and gets up and goes to work. You know, if you're sitting on a couch playing Xbox all day, having Donald Trump as the president is not going to change that. <laughs> or having Hillary Clinton as your president. Or having Hillary Clinton. Right, it doesn't right, like, matter who it is. Exactly. Right? Exactly. Um, having, having Jesus as your president isn't going to change that. You got to... <laughs> having a stack of, you know, a hundred trillion dollars as a president. Like, okay, cool. Yeah, it doesn't... It doesn't yeah, make it a doesn't, difference. <laughs> it doesn't make a difference. But I think... Um, you know, that slogan, it worked because so many people are in that negative mindset and there are way, they're just waiting for somebody to come and, you know, they need to be more uh, like you just, you have to take responsibility and change things yourself. It's difficult. And, you know, everybody's got, um, you know, a tough road. Everybody's got different stories. Some are tougher than others. Some are a lot tougher than others. Um, but you still, you have to sort of take responsibility oh, and not wait for things to happen. You got to make them happen. Absolutely. Nobody's going to save you, you know? Nope. I nope. mean, 
you, you can, you can, and I mean, we're not going to get into politics or religion or anything like that. I'm not intentionally by any means, but like, yeah. you know, if I'm, if I'm drowning at the deep end of a pool and no one's around, I can't pray that my life gets saved. Like this yeah. is up, this is up to me. Yeah. You know, you have like, to decide this is up to me. I have to figure out how to, how to resolve this. I have to figure out how to get out of the situation. Right. And like, maybe, maybe the yeah. drowning thing's not the best analogy, but like either way, you can't expect anybody else to, to do what needs to be done for you. Like, yeah, you know, like I need to go out and work and, and, and charge people a fair price to mow their lawns so that I can come yeah. home and put food on the table for my children. Yeah. You know, no, no absolutely. One, no one else cares that my kids live or die. No one else cares that they eat a meal or have a roof over their head. You know, I mean, I'm the only person that that cares enough about about this situation, like and and praying and expecting and like looking to to the government for that help. That's not gonna that's that that's not gonna get me anywhere. Like yeah. the amount of time that I would spend, you know, on my knees or whether begging or or praying, right? Like I could just go out and and work, put my head yeah. down, and, and just you know, and do and it, sweat my you know. Sweat my body weight out every day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And come home and you know, like, cool. We just did seven hundred dollars today, or yeah. you know, hey, this was a great day. We 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 did fifteen hundred all this day. Or you know, all this day was only a two hundred dollar yeah. day. The weekends come around, you know, it's 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 just one of those things where, um, I just I just focus on on me. Like I just I just do yeah. my thing. You know. Yeah. And, no, that's good. Your uh, swimming actually analogy actually hit home with me. Um, we, when I was part of that uh, lawn mowing franchise, we'd have monthly meetings and they would bring in sometimes guest speakers and stuff uh, at the end of each month. And this one guy came in and uh, just to sort of tell a inspirational story. And his story was just about how uh, here in Vancouver, we have got like a ferry system that you can, because uh, we've got uh, on the coast in the Pacific, uh, there's Vancouver Island, um, and then there's the mainland. So you can uh, catch a, a ferry, you can drive your car on, and it takes you, it's about a two hour trip to go to the island and then back and so and forth. Um, so this guy was on this ferry and uh, he started, it was the last sailing of the night. It was about 10 o'clock at night. Uh, he started to feel sick. So he went out on the deck and and felt like he was going to throw up. So he uh, leaned over the railing to throw up and he actually fell over. And oh, wow. he landed it. Yeah, he landed in the water around 10 o'clock in the cold Pacific. And nobody saw him because it was pitch dark and nobody was outside because it was cold. He was the only one on the deck. He fell over, you know, and just saw the ferry continuing on. And so his whole story was about how, you know, when the ferry once the ferry docked on the other side, the only reason they knew somebody was missing was because his car was still there and nobody was moving his car from the lower deck. Um, <laughs> so that's when they started like freaking out. Like somebody's, you know, they're searching the ferry. They can't find this guy. And then they're cluing. Okay. The guy must've fell over the railing or something. Um, uh, but it was pitch black and they couldn't, but the guy's whole mentality in the water was the same thing. It was like, you know, nobody's going to help me. They don't even know that I'm gone. So he just put it in his mind that, I just got to start swimming and I got to do it in small increments of, you know, a hundred strokes. So he would count off a hundred strokes. And when he finished that hundred, he would just, let's do the next hundred. And he just did it all night long until oh, yeah. morning by himself in the freezing. And then finally in the uh, sort of like when the dawn breaked and stuff, a fishing boat saw this guy and he was still swimming. 
a hundred <laughs> strokes at a time, but he broke it down into these like 100 strokes. Let me, I can count to a hundred. So let me just count to a hundred. And when I'm done that, I'll come to a hundred again. And, uh, so yeah, it's just, it was that actually hit home when you said that. Cause it was like, yeah, if you're drowning and nobody's around, you got to make the decision yourself that this is what I'm going to do. And I'm not willing to just, uh, you know, not do nothing and let, uh, you know, fate sort of, uh, uh, take charge. Right. Um, so let me see here. Uh, you mentioned a bit about your equipment, your, your bigger mowers and stuff. Uh, what about your, um, smaller equipment? Are you, uh, uh, particular to one type of brand? Um, uh, and what would be of, your favorite tool? Um, I mean, I'm sort of particular, right? Like I've, I, I, I uh, have, I've been, I was using a Tanaka, Tanaka okay. brand yeah. blade edger. Um, and that was basically the blade edger I started my business with. And I actually just replaced it just this, this last summer. I replaced it with a Shindawa, Shindawa, okay, yeah. however you say it. Yeah. I call it Shindawa. Um, you know, I'm, I, I, I just, for whatever reason, the supplier that I go through, he favors the yeah. Japanese, either Tanaka or Shindawa brands, right? Yeah. So that's just what he happened to carry, and um, I I just liked the feel of it. Um, I'm not yeah. super particular. I, I know you love steel, and I, I apologize. Yeah. I'm not a fan of the way they fit in the hands and against the okay. arm and stuff. So <laughs> yeah. I'm running I'm running my Shindawa uh, Blade Edger. I do I have a Red Max string trimmer, line trimmer. Okay, um, yeah. I've been using. I, in fact, I'll probably have to replace that one here in this in this coming this coming spring, 2017. Um, I've been using that one for about five years, and it's just. I mean, if if, if a piece of equipment lasts that long, I kind of have to like it, you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, I, I bought it one time, and it's and it's worked for five years. Now, granted, I don't have any employees that are using it or beating it too much. Um, yeah. It, but I mean. If it runs, it, it, and it you can't you can't complain that it's no. That it's I know that's the thing. Well, you know, and yeah. I'm, I know a, lo- a lot of guys keep telling me because they they work. <laughs> yeah, a lot of guys keep telling me to switch to like um, X Mark, like the thirty inch mower and stuff. And it's like, yeah, but you know what? The Honda is just proven to me. It's tested and proven. I've been using it. It's never let me down. So it's hard to switch. And if it's not broken, don't fix it. I mean, yeah, the, that's the, the thing. Yeah. To get an extra nine inches on your, on your width is, is enticing for sure. Yeah. But at the end of the day, like, I mean, how, how much of a difference really is that going to make for you? You can maybe add maybe another two lawns in, in a route. And like, if you're not, if you're not strapped that much to where you're desperate to get another two lawns, if you're comfortable, like, I'd save the three grand and keep your Honda. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, of course. Um, so just some quick questions. So do you sharpen your own blades and how often, or do you uh, send them out to be sharpened? Yeah. Um, so I've, I've got a, I've got a, a table grinder or whatever okay. you want. I don't, I don't know if bench grinder, I don't bench know. grinder. My, yeah. My dad would know what it's called. He's a machinist. I'm not, I'm, yeah. I'm a lawn guy. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I've got a, I've got a bench grinder. I, I sharpen my mower blades with that probably, I mean, I, at the very least once a month for sure. I try to okay. get it at yeah. least twice a month. Um, and I, but I do have an extra set of blades for, for my vantage in, in okay. the trailer. So whenever, if, and if, and whenever I notice any differences in cut, you know, I'll, I'll just swap them out halfway through the lawn. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so I, I do, I sharpen them on my own. Okay. That's cool. 
I do the same. I do, uh, uh, just use a hand grinder though. I, I've done the bench grinder. I just found it more comfortable for me at least to do it with uh, a handheld, like four inch angle grinder. Yeah. Um, and it uh, seems to work out great. And I, and I do the same thing too, where I'll have uh, spare blades, uh, whether it was with a Walker or with the John Deere tractors that I've had, or with the Hondas, I just always have spare ones anyways that I can swap out, uh, depending and depending on the lawn, I'll have some lawns that are, um, not as nice, um, with a lot of trees and, and pine cones and things like that. So I won't switch the blades for those ones, but then you'll hit the next house and it's like a immaculate lawn. So I'll be like, okay, the blades just got chewed up with all those pine cones and stuff. So I'll swap them out to a, a, <laughs> right. a, 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 a fresh batch for the next lawn. Yeah, you, you, um, don't, you don't want to hold it against the you know the nice lawn because somebody else yeah. had some crap in there. Yeah, yeah. So, um, do you are you a uh, a line trimmer or blade edger type guy when it comes to your uh, edgers? Uh, you probably could guess based on the fact that I just spent, you know, $600 almost on a Shindawa blade edger. There I'm going to use that blade edger. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I definitely yeah, yeah. stick with that. I mean, if I, like, if I've got a ton of blade edging in the front yard and I've got the backyard, it's maybe like six feet or something. Honestly, okay. I'll, 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 I'll flip the string trimmer vertical and I'll, and I'll vertical the, the backyard. Yeah. Yeah. Only after I've established a solid, um, a solid edge with the blade edger. Okay. Um, yeah. You know, obviously it's that, that's something that I've just, I've never practiced it enough to get really good at it. Oh, okay. So yep. I, I typically try to just avoid it so that I'm, I'm providing the best look, the best quality service that I can to my customers. Yep. You know, so that, okay. Basically I, I, every time I go to a, to a house, a job site, whatever you want to call it, I, um, I look at the situation like, you know, this is my advertisement. Yes. You know, it, I've got my trailer wrapped with my phone number, company name on the side, real, real big, bold. It's hard to miss. And then yeah. if I leave and there's, you know, big divots or, or whatever in the lawn or the string trimming is, is like three inches away from the, uh, fr- from the sidewalk edge or something, yeah. just, you know, over time, you just start eating into, into the lawn, you know, all yeah. of a sudden I don't look that good anymore. Oh. <laughs> yeah, no, it's totally true. That's really true. You're three inches from the uh, uh, thing reminded me of a funny story of a, a client that I had um, during the franchise um, time of my business. Um, and then uh, I actually had swapped the client out with uh, another guy in the franchise because he lived closer. So we kind of traded clients. Right. Um, and then. Uh, a few years later, obviously, when I went on my own, um, through my own brand, I get this phone call and it was that house. So I was like, oh, this is the same guy that I used to do. So I, you know, <laughs> mentioned to him, hey, you know, I actually used to do you. Um, you know, I was with that uh, franchise before and now I got my own brand. Do you still want me to come out and stuff? I don't know, you know, what his, uh, um, opinions of me was at the time or whatever. Right. right. So he's like, no, 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 that's great. Right. And I said, uh, so what happened to the last guy or whatever? And you know, I guess they just had a falling out and, and, uh, ended up, uh, I guess for the, a few years not doing it, but he was, I was walking around his yard and I didn't realize that he had not used the other guy. I thought he was maybe the falling out was recent and he was just looking to replace the guy. Oh, okay. Um, I didn't realize that he had actually done it a few years ago and was doing his own lawn. So I'm looking at his thing and I said, look at this edge. It's like three inches away. I said, <laughs> and I go, what a rookie. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> and I realized after that it was him that was. <laughs> so, so you just insulted your potential yeah, customer. Yeah, I just. Like, oh, oops. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But luckily, he just kind of laughed it off. He hired me. I've been doing his lawn now for uh, the last four years, so it was pretty well, funny. He, he when probably, uh, <laughs> like one of the way he's looking at this, he's like, "Man, I just I suck. I'm a rookie. I got to yeah, get a pro." Yeah. <laughs> that was pretty funny. Um, let me see where I am here. Um, so what do you prefer? Do you like doing commercial stuff or residential and why? I would say like 97% of my customer base is residential. Okay. Um, I've been, I've been, uh, beat up a little bit, I guess you'd say, um, with, with commercial. Um, okay. so the way that I see it now after experiencing it. I actually had a, I had a local McDonald's franchise here, different than the one that I mowed yep. working with this other guy. And long story short with that, they ended up not paying. So performance obviously starts to, you know, yep. look kind of bad. They had, they had some weeds. They decided they wanted to find somebody else to, to do the work. I lost 13 customers, you know, in one phone call. Yeah. Um, now, obviously, where I stick with the majority of residential, if I don't get paid on that one person, I just stop mowing their lawn now. It's not even not even a question. Yes. I don't yeah, continue yeah. to do the work. It's in fear of losing 13 accounts, right? Yeah. And so it's just if I if I make somebody mad, if I scalp, if they're not happy, if you know whatever the case may be, they can't afford it, you name it, any reason that they can give you that they're going to cancel on you. If it's a homeowner, residential, you know, I lose one customer. Two, two to three if they've got, you know, a rental property. But even still, like, I would rather lose one, two to three versus 13 to 40 to, you know, however many, yes. how, however many customers this one commercial place has. Yeah. Um, that's, I mean, that's something that I'm working on getting through and getting over because it's just, it's an excuse more than anything. I just, uh, I, personally, I just find my niche is a lot better served in the residential market. Okay. Yep. Yeah. I prefer residential as well. I got uh same sort of thing beat up a bit with commercial when I first started. Um, and I've told the story before too, where I, uh, in one particular one where, um, I took over this property. It was a big trucking place, big yard, lots of nice, um, boulevards and flower beds and all this sort of stuff. And, uh, I took it over and was spending so much time there on my own. Um, and I, in fact, the guy I remember coming out and saying like at four o'clock, he was getting ready to leave and he's like, you're still here. You've been here all day since like eight in the morning. Right. And then, and then the next week he was like, Oh, like the owner is just like over the moon. He says the place looks fantastic and all this sort of stuff. And, uh, you know, so that went on that year, but I was like, man, I'm not really making you know, as you know, the money that I need to compare to doing all the residentials. Cause I'm here all day to keep up this place. Oh yeah. Um, so then the next year I, uh, was like, you know, I'm going to have to raise the price. And I was totally confident because he kept uh, raving about how the property owner was so happy and all this sort of stuff. Right. But then uh, as soon as I raised my price by like $200, they dropped me. And I was oh, like, really? I was yeah. like, really? Like, you know, you're going to go back to the other way, right? So, but then I learned after that the property manager or the owner actually was um, kind of sub uh, letting the work out to this guy that actually works there. So it's one of his employees anyways, oh. but he basically gave the guy, you know, a thousand dollar a month budget and said, you take care of the outside. But then what the guy was doing was he was just hiring other companies and paying them $800 a month to take care of the outside oh. and then pocketing the 200 bucks. <laughs> so that's why there was no give in the, cause it would be coming out of his pocket directly. Right. Sure. sure. So he was like, yeah. 
<laughs> so I was like, okay, well, whatever. So that kind of, I was like, eh, after that, um, I didn't really, I've never really been into commercial. I just like the personal sort of one-to-one with my clients and yeah, stuff and, yeah. I and mean, that sort like, of thing. And clearly, cause you know, we've, we, on the, we've been on the, on the podcast for 50, 40, 55 minutes roughly. And, you know, uh, like we can, you can, I can tell, you can probably tell we like to, you know, human interaction. We, we like to actually, you know, ha- have a conversation and engage with people. And it's really hard to do that when it's a commercial place. And yeah, you know, obviously you don't want to do that every single time you pull up and mow somebody's lawn and you know, Oh, Hey Joan, let's talk for 45 minutes. Cause you yeah. know, you've got a schedule to keep. Right. But it's always yes, great. Yes. To, it's always great to have that, you know, Hey, how are you? How are the kids? You know, because it's a lot less likely that you're going to get fired if they treat you as a friend. No, uh, obviously, yes. That's uh, a huge key is building that relationship. And like you say, sometimes it can be uh, strenuous, like you touched on when you've got a whole bunch of stuff to do and maybe you've got another appointment that you need to get to or something at the end of the day or, or something like that. And, you know, it seems like everybody that day wants to come out and chat and, and stuff. And you're <laughs> That's like, how it always hey. works. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, uh, you know, in case you haven't realized every lawn is covered in like a pile of leaves today that I got to go do. I don't really have time to be chatting, right? <laughs> but uh, you just sort of, you know, bear through it and wait for that opportune moment to say, okay, I guess I better get to work. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Get to work, exactly. Right? And stuff. Yeah. Well, but one thing that works really well for me is always just be like, yeah, it's a uh, four o'clock there only six more lawns to go. And yeah, then yeah. Like, oh wow, you're no. Well, you take care of yourself. Tell your wife hi. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, that's a good one. Off use that one. Real quick. <laughs> as long as we, even if it's the first lawn of the day. Yeah, just twenty three yeah, yeah, more. Go. Go. Yeah, yeah. They're like twenty three lawns today. Are you? Yeah. So no, that's an awesome tip. Yeah. <laughs> so um, this one, uh, maybe share a time that you struggled in your business and what you learned or did to overcome it. Dude, this is going to take 10 hours to get to get through <laughs> this question. Um, no, I, I actually, I really like this question. I'll summarize it as much as I can. I've, I've kind of yep. touched base a little bit on, on, you know, like over the last year and a half, the changes that I've made just in my own personal life. Yep. Um, it was brought on because of issues that I faced and I blamed a lot of it on, on everything else. Right. So, mm-hmm. um, this is personal, more, more of a personal struggle, I guess, than a business struggle. But like, okay. you know, obviously when I'm the only person that works in the business, it's, yep. it it's all the coincides. same. Yeah. Um, so I, I kind of, I jokingly mentioned, you know, if you start down that path with, uh, you know, comparing yourself to other things and like, you know, what the why me's and the I deserve type thought process that you end up in your garage at 3am with a gun to your head. Yeah. Um, yeah. That was me in August of 2015. Wow. Um, long, long story short there, I just, I'd, I'd had enough with feeling like I was failing mm-hmm. as a, uh, as a, you know, as a, as a husband, as a father. Um, and so I basically was, was ready to roll. Like I was, I was ready to go. And, um, long story short with that, obviously I'm still here and I, for whatever reason, couldn't, couldn't follow through with that urge um yeah that at the time that the need that i felt mm-hmm. um <clears throat> and uh a couple maybe about a month after that i actually hired a mentor uh which is something wow. that i'd never done mm-hmm. ever is you know spend five thousand dollars to have somebody else tell me you know hey man you're you're an idiot right yeah. <laughs> so that's a that's a ton of money to spend on on something and um so i i dropped five grand and i just put my my faith in this guy 
and went through a weekend retreat with him and, and four other guys. And we were literally beat. We got in fight in, in fist fights. We had bo- boxing gloves on, but still, we yeah, got yeah. in fist fights. I've never been in a fight in my life, and I've got to yeah, fight yeah. these guys. And um, just the the mental breakthrough, you know, after you get hit yeah. one time, you're 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 kind of faced. You have to make a decision: do yeah. you turn and run away, or do you stand up and fight for yourself? Mm-hmm. And you know, you you realize after the fact, because obviously, like in in that experience, you don't really have these thoughts going through your head. But after the fact, you realize like, oh, wow. So when life got hard, when I, you know, got hit in the face by life, essentially, my immediate reaction was to turn and run away. It was to mm-hmm. take my life. Yeah, yeah. I felt like my family would be better off without me. Mm-hmm. And so if I, if I handle my personal life like that, if I handle, you know, when things get hard with business, what am I going to do? I'm going to turn and run. If I'm, you know, if, if, if I'm faced with any adversity at all, my first thought is to turn and run and give Mm -hmm. up, you know? And so it was, it took that experience to realize that like all the power of success is within, um, you know, so this kind of, you can, you know, some people may may disagree entirely and and that's cool like you can think what you want to think and that's i guess the whole the whole point of life is to be able to form your own opinions but it, that that was a deciding factor for me is i literally got punched in the face and i wanted to run but i couldn't mm-hmm. right yeah. and so it, i realized like oh wow okay so when business gets hard when it's 115 degrees and i'm trying you know it's hot and i just i want to quit i just want to go home and bowl, bowl of ice cream sounds so much better than five more lawns to mow. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, like you can, you can break it down into the most simple or, 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 you know, stupid things that you, that you could think of. But like, ultimately the, the, the point still is that like, it's up to you to, to be in charge of your life. It's not up to your customers. It's not up to your mom. It's not up to your wife or your husband. It's not up to, you know, it, it's, it's not up to anybody else mm-hmm. to, to solve your problems and to fix your issues and, and whatever. And, Absolutely. I've somehow I got lucky that with, with one weekend retreat and a lot of money spent, I, I decided, you know, and I was shown, you know, kind of a pathway to follow and, Mm -hmm. you know, sure. I've, I've taken that and run with it in my own way. And, um, I, I wasn't, I was never the type of guy that would go to the gym and work out. I go to the gym every morning. Uh, it's just Mm -hmm. something that you, if you take care of yourself and your needs first, the rest of it kind of just come. Like, I'm like, I don't, I don't try to force anything. I don't try to force a good relationship with my wife. I don't try to force a relationship with my kids. It just happens. Mm-hmm. I come home and they're happy to see me because when I come home, I'm home. You know, I turn my phone off customers they don't matter when I'm home. My family matters. That's awesome. And, and this is something obviously that, you know, this was something that was laid out to me as like a path way through that experience. Um, but I mean, yeah, long, long story short, the, uh, <laughs> the the hardest thing that I've that I've faced with adversity with the business uh, was me. Wow, that uh, from the words of John Lean Dumas, what's he always say? Boom, shake the room. I think you just <laughs> dropped a huge bomb <laughs> on on uh, me and everybody else listening. I did not expect that. Um, I am so appreciative that you would. Uh, uh, think and even be willing to share that story. And I think that, um, you know, 
everything we talked uh, about up to that point was great, uh, but the value um, and the inspiration that uh, guys can pull from that story is mind blowing. Um, and like I say, I, I can't believe that you um, would uh, be kind enough to share that uh, with us here on the podcast. Um, that's just amazing. Thank you very much. No, man. Um, Thank you. I, I appreciate you. Like I said, I, I appreciate you having me on the podcast and, and, and it's, it, it's, it, you know, I mean, ultimately it's, it's, it's real. It's my story. It's, it's who I yeah. am. It's, it's who I was and I am who I am today because of the decisions and choices and actions that I've taken yesterday. Yeah. Right. So, absolutely. I mean, nobody wants to admit it, but everybody's had that thought. You know, everybody's yep. had the thought that like, oh, maybe the world's better off without me. Maybe my wife's mm-hmm. better off. Maybe my kids have, would deserve a better dad. You know, we've all had, yeah. we've all had those doubts. We're, we're our own yep. worst critics. Yeah, absolutely. You know, just basically like, it's kind of like by me deciding like, hey, I'm going to actually be honest and be real and share my truth. Kind of like I, I always on my, on my Facebook page, just my personal page, I always end everything with shine on basically yep. in indicating like, hey, like. Everything that I share, everything that I say, everything that I do, I'm shining my light, you know, and there's going to be people that want to put on blinders and avoid the light. And there's going to be people that are going to like, oh, wow, I want to see more of what this light is about. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, like, ultimately, like, I don't care. I appreciate anybody that wants to listen to me. I appreciate anybody that respects and understands and and, and appreciates what I have to say. Like, I I love it. I'm happy to share it. And I hope that my message can change and, and help one person. But ultimately, I'm not doing it for anybody else. Yeah. I'm doing it for me, you know? No, like, that's awesome. I don't go to the gym so that I have a hot body for my wife you know, <laughs> because <Yeah. laughs> I do it for myself because like I need, I need to sweat out some stress and get out some anger and frustration and you know, like, and at, by the time I'm done there, I'm ready to, I'm ready to actually face, okay, like let's, let's handle the real uh, business challenges or let's handle, you know, mm-hmm. friendship challenges or, or my own mind, you know, yesterday at the gym, totally off topic. Let me yeah. go super quick. I was in the middle of the workout and I just started, I just started to get tear, tears in my eyes. I have no mm-hmm. idea why I looked at my mm-hmm. trainer and I was just like, dude, like I'm, I'm not, I'm not feeling it today. He says, Oh, you feel like you're going to puke. And I said, no, I feel like I'm going to start crying. <laughs> <laughs> and he just looked at me like, he's like, dude, I've been there. I've been there. Like, yeah. you know, you just, you have these moments where in your mind, you're just, you're just not where you want to be, not where you think you should be. And, you know, my mind was saying, Hey, give up this workout. You don't need to do, you don't need to worry about this workout. Like, you know, obviously like saying, you know, Hey, this is hard. You just got hit in the face, turn and run. Yeah. Um, you know, instead I finished the workout. I fought through it. I finished it. And I like the thoughts, the negativity that was trying to bring me down, got tears in my eyes. I don't even know what it was about. Cause it hasn't, it hasn't come back up. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's just whatever it was, I worked through it somehow and, and it, it's gone. Wow. That's, uh, <laughs> that's amazing. It's just like those moments that you get, uh, your mind is so complex. There's so much going on in there and you're constantly having to, um, put yourself in check. Those emotions, uh, creep up and stuff. And you, you there's always, it's always the, the easier path to give up, to quit, oh, to, sure. uh, to not do that. And you, you constantly have to, uh, remind yourself, I, you know, I had, a in uh, email, um, from a podcast listener last week, asking me, um, almost asking me permission to start up a lawn care podcast and that they didn't want to step on my toes and stuff. And I was like, you know what? 
I'm not going to corner the market on lawn care podcasts because my story is my story. It's like what you said. It's, it's my light. What you bring to the table is going to be completely different. Even if you're talking about and have similar episodes, they're from your perspective. Oh, right. And, and I can't match that just like you can't match, you know, what I'm saying. Um, you know, and it reminds me of when I was at a, a garden center once with a, and I pulled up and I had my kids, I picked them up after school. I had to go pick up something. And as we were parked there, another gardening company pulled up beside me and my daughter looked at me and said, Hey dad, it's your competition. <laughs> and I, and I looked at her and said, I don't have any competition because no, and it wasn't to be cocky. It was to be because nobody can be me. Nobody can provide my experience to my customers. That's almost, that's almost word for word. How I, how I tell people how I feel about competition. Yeah. You know, I mean, like, <laughs> Cause like, let's, let's be honest. Let's be real. There are other people that are in the same industry as we are. Right. Yep. In your town, you have other people that mow lawns in my yep. town. I have a neighbor that lives kitty corner to me. Mm-hmm. And he won't talk to me. He yeah. treats me as an enemy. I wave yeah, yeah. I've sent him text messages. I've, you know, whatever, this, that, and the other. I've made my peace with that situation, and it's up mm-hmm. to him to now do what he wants with it, right? I've shined my light. It's up to him to put on the blinders or to, you know, like, appreciate what I'm what I'm all about. Yeah, um, yeah. But, like, I, you know, people that, oh, man, what about competition? Like, there are, there are hundreds of thousands of customers available. Yeah. And of those hundreds of thousands of customers... How many of them are going to 100% appreciate my quality that are going to yeah, 100% yeah. appreciate my work ethic? No, I, yeah. I'm not for everybody. And yeah. that's okay. Yeah. Personally, I don't think that I could even employ enough or have enough wherewithal to even handle a hundred, a thousand customers. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. So that's exactly, I, I don't want them as customers. Yeah. Like, I mean, yeah. I mean, like clearly, obviously I do. I love the idea of growth and, and, you know, but I mean, that's going from 80 customers currently to 100,000. That's never going to happen in in a million years with like being being me, right? Like there's yeah. in, in that, like, okay, cool. Like if there's competition, okay, it's not competition. I'm going to buy them out and then we're going to run and I'm going to buy their companies. And I mean, there's a whole, that's completely off topic, but like I, I agree completely. There's no competition. Like yeah, we're, no. we're friends. <laughs> I'm, I'm friends with tons of people that are in the industry and some of them may pick up customers from me and I may pick up some from them. Like as long as, you know, we're not stepping on toes saying like, Hey, I'm going to, I'm going to go and knock on the doors after you mow and say, Hey, look, these guys messed up here. You should have yeah, no kidding. Dead. Right. <laughs> so like, I mean, yeah, hell, like we, t- we chalked, we, we chatted right before we, we hit record. You know, I, I started and, and was running a lawn, a lawn podcast, but I only lasted three episodes just cause I just, I personally, I just, I just had other things going on that my focus went, went elsewhere, you know, and mm-hmm. like, there's, there's not enough good information available. I mean, I've, you do, you do a great job and I appreciate your episodes, but like, Thank you. like you said, you're one guy, you've got one perspective yeah. and yeah. I, I don't agree with everything that you say, but I also mm-hmm. have a different environment, a different region of, okay, that's of it. World. Interview's over. Uh, well, it's been, it's been great. Take care of yourself. You know. but like, I mean, I'm, I'm doing things differently. Okay. I can just edit that part out. <laughs> Don't, I will. I will release this elsewhere if you do that. I'll, I'll release there you the, go. the real, the real. There you go. <laughs> yeah, but like, yeah. I mean, start up. I've got if if my if my neighbor wanted to, you know, another neighbor says, hey, I want to start a lawn care company. Have at it, man. Because uh, yep. in fact, let me give you a tip. This is an area that I can't service the way that they deserve to be serviced. Why don't you go and focus on this area? Like, 
this is this is a niche that I don't focus on, and I know that there yeah. is hundreds of customers potentially for you right here. Like I'll help you out. Yeah. Let's do this. I'll, yeah, yeah. So the guy that wants to start the podcast, man, hey, ask ask Julio some questions. Ask me some questions. I'll give you any information that I can to try and you know speed the process yeah. along for you because ultimately, like the the marketplace deserves as much good value as it can get. Yeah. No, I, I, to that point, I actually, um, uh, my last, uh, message to him was, you know, that's great. And, uh, how about you be a guest on my podcast and I can, uh, introduce you to everybody and get yeah. them, uh, you know, going on yours. Right. And that gives you an instant audience uh, from the ones that I'm. And that, that, that speaks so, so like so much more about who you are as a, as a person, as a business owner, as you know, that, that if somebody comes to you and they're like, Hey, I kind of wanted to do this instead of you folding your arms and be like, Nope, this interview's over. I'm not going to email you back. Piss off. Yeah, yeah. You're just like, cool. I want to help you. You know, yeah. Hey, I want to start a business. I'm okay, cool. I'm going to start a podcast. that's going to explain the processes of, of how to start a business in, yeah. in this industry. You know, like I'm going to give my quote unquote competition the insight. Yeah. Right? Yeah, like, no, it's yeah. You, you can't be afraid of your competition. It's great to better to embrace them and talk. I've got one guy that uh, he's in my neighborhood um, where most of my customers are, but he's got a whole line of them. Um, but yet he only likes to mow, and he doesn't provide any other services. So I actually do other services for his own clients, like aerating uh, and stuff like that. And then he does all the mowing all year. And every time I see him, you know, we wave at each other. I'll pull my truck over. If he's in his, uh, if he's in his truck having a snack or something, I'll pull up beside him and we'll chat for a few minutes and then, uh, you know, go on. But, uh, I, he's not worried about me, uh, trying to poach his customers away from him. Um, even though I'm there doing the other services, um, you know, and for whatever reason, he's chosen that he doesn't want to do that stuff. He just wants to do the mowing and that's fine. And I'm happy to get the extra work and, uh, you know, just sort of a symbiotic relationship. Yeah, right? exactly. Exactly. If, if you, if you look at it, at, if you look at them as competition and that they're like, they're the enemy, right. And you're always going to like, like you know, bash heads and, and battle against each other, then you lose that opportunity. You lose the fact that like, Hey, this guy only mows lawns. And so when he calls somebody else to have, you know, Hey, look, I've got 15 accounts. I want them fertilized. He's going to call a different fertilizing company. He's not going to call you because you get, you, you know, your competition, you look at that as, as such. Right. So like, yeah, if you instead like have a good relationship, a working relationship, Hey man, how's it going? Oh yeah. No, cool. Like I've been there. Those are tough days, you know, take care. Then yeah. ultimately he's going to, Oh, wait a minute. I know this guy, he does a good job. Maybe I'll just have him do it. And we'll just have this agreement that like, obviously look, I'm not going to poach your customers because you're paying me, you know, thousand dollars a year to, do these aerations for you or these fertilizing accounts for you rather than run the risk of losing a customer, right? Like I'm going to yeah. treat my competition as if they're customers. Yeah. Great. Perfect. Um, uh, piece of advice there. Just, uh, embrace them. It, uh, it'll work out in your favor, uh, instead of being worried about, uh, uh, other guys stealing business from you or, or in the way. And you see it, it there's, you're not going to stop it. Oh, there's right. guys that are going to be popping up, you know, from guys just starting out to established companies, they're going to be, there's nothing you can do about it. So you just got to focus on what is it that you can do. And if you, you know, I understand it can be uh, difficult if you're not at your capacity, but if you're at full capacity already or near it, why worry about it? 
why you know like you said you can't imagine doing you're you're at 80 you can't imagine doing more than that um i'm at uh you know if i hit the most i hit usually is about 40 and i'm completely content with that and i don't see myself because i don't want to bring on employees and stuff like that so i wouldn't be able to handle that because it would take away from my family time and being able to you know take the kids to soccer practice and all that sort of stuff that i enjoy yeah so you you can't stress out over over that right that that's that's the side of of my portion of you know running the business my wife stays home with the kids which is great because it gives her the opportunity to be there for you know i mean my my oldest is only four so he's not doing soccer practices or anything yet but yeah you know taking him to to preschool and stuff that's something that she's able to do while i'm able to go and focus on work right you have because you have 40 customers you allow yourself the freedom to you know, take off a little bit early or take a, a break in the middle of the day to go to a school recital or something, or, yep. you know, obviously, Hey, look, I'm going to add these aerations for these customers. I can do sprinkler repairs for these guys. I can add these extra side jobs that are going to bring more income. Yep. Where personally I've focused all of my growth efforts on lawn mowing and I yep. can only handle so many in a day and I'm about maxed out. Like I've been okay, working yep. five days a week. Most, most days, uh, my busiest day was 23 lawns. My shortest day was like seven lawns just because wow. of the way that routing and stuff worked. But on the, yep. sh- on the short day was still, okay, I've got my seven lawns mode. Now I got to go and fill my tank to go and fertilize 17 lawns. You know, yeah, so yeah. if you're, if you're trying to do everything in, in house, like by yourself, kind of how you and I are, yeah, you do have a maximum. And honestly, yes. I'm probably past that. Okay. And, and, <laughs> Like it, it shows in the fact that I, I leave my house at, you know, five in the morning and I don't get home till after nine o'clock and, and I'm just constantly out working, doing yeah. whatever I have to do. So this, this coming season, I, I think I kind of mentioned, I'll, I'll be changing a couple of things up. Um, I'll likely be bringing on an employee full time and, and putting some more growth efforts into other sides of the business that are a bit more profitable. Great. Um, so moving along here, I know we're getting pretty long in the episode, but I think the episode just has so much value that I don't mind, um, putting an extra long, uh, episode out, uh, for the week. Um, but, uh, on my list of questions here, uh, what is your favorite thing about being self-employed? <laughs> Would you believe it if I told you freedom <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> based on everything that I just said, Yeah, like, everything you just said, yeah. yeah, get up at five, get, don't get home till after nine. Um, yeah, but like, but the freedom is different though, right? The freedom is it's, it's knowing that you're in charge, right? It, it's, uh, That's, I, I work that long because I choose to, it's not because yes. I have to, I, yes. I choose to work that long. Yeah. Um, and, and that's where like, that's what, I guess that's what I mean by freedom. You know, I have the choice. If I have a customer that's, you know, everybody has them, they're PETA pain in the ass, right? Yeah. Everybody has a PETA. And if, if I'm, if I'm working with, you know, I've only got five customers that pain in the ass is 20% of my business and I need them. Mm-hmm. But yeah. if I'm, you know, get to the point with, with enough customers, enough growth, enough revenue with wherever else, like, Hey, look, I just don't need to deal with that. And yeah. I have the freedom to decide I don't want this customer anymore. Yeah. If I'm working a job or if I'm working, you know, with another landscape company or something and I decide, you know what, I don't like this customer. I can't decide that I don't want to mow their lawn or install their sprinkler system. I have to have them sitting there and critiquing my every step, but it's, you know, I can't turn to them and say, Hey, look, you hired a professional to do this. Like let the professional do their job. I'm just an employee. It's not my place to say, right? So yeah. running the business, that's probably my favorite thing about being self-employed is that 
is that I get the freedom to decide what I want to do. If I want to focus on sprinklers, I can do that. If I want to yep. focus on fertilizing, I can do that. If I want to just niche down and focus only on mowing, like I did this last season, you can do that. I can do that. Yeah. Awesome. So, um, in what ways do you market your business or do you even anymore? And what would be your uh, number one marketing tip for somebody starting out? So I still market. Um, there's a, uh, there's a, uh, a website here locally. It's similar to like a Craigslist classified. Okay. Yeah. But they have a section on it, which is like, they, they call it the locals section yep. where, um, companies pay to advertise in there to have their, their page or whatever. Like it's a listing or whatever, um, listed up as on the higher ranked. There's like 1700 lawn care providers that are listed on this website. So I pay $150 a month to have my, name on the top portion of the list versus where it would be alphabetically. Okay. Um, so I do, in fact, like even right now it's December and I don't like, I'm not getting lawn care customers, but I'm still paying $150 a month to advertise there. Um, okay. That's, a, that's all pretty much all I focused on for, you know, out of pocket marketing expense this, yep. this last season years past, I've done uh, local home and garden festivals where we have a big expo where just you name it, cleaning companies, lawn care companies, fertilizing pest control companies, landscape companies. I mean, what, 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 anything to do with a home and garden. Um, they have this big expo where there's thousands of vendors in there and 40, 50,000 people walk through. I've had a booth there before and I've done really well there. Oh, nice. Um, more than anything, I think my number one tip or most successful quote unquote marketing campaign would be, um, is just being seen, be visible, you know, like I've got my trailer, you've got your trailer wrapped or not wrapped, but decaled and, and it like really popping colors that pop and and are are noticeable. You know, I've got the same thing. My company name is ready, set, mo. It's catchy. It's something that you remember. And you know, the, the colors on the trailer, it just catches the eye. Just things to just, you know, be seen. If you're at the gas station, have your, have your shirt on, have a shirt that says, you know, your company name, or if yep. you're standing in line and somebody mentioned you just over here, whatever, you know, you're like, Hey, look, I'm not like, I'm not trying to impose, but if you have any interest, give me a call. You know, like yeah, yeah. there's, there's, there's ways to market on the cheap and yes. that's my favorite way to do it. Cause obviously as I've discussed, I'm not that great with managing money. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. anything I can do for cheap or for free is like, is, is the best thing to do. And then, you yeah. know, I mean, quality speaks for itself. Like I said, if, you know, if, if I leave, if I leave the house and I've got three inch gap between the concrete and, and the grass, like that's, that's a bad image. And ultimately I'm the one that did the work. And so people are going to know like, Oh yeah, don't call this guy, you know? Yeah. So by just consistent consistency and being seen are like yeah. the, the biggest things that, yeah, absolutely. that played in, in my favor with, with growing yeah. the business. Yeah, I'm this like I said uh, the same way with the branding and stuff, and just having uh, visible, uh, bright colors and and an easy to remember name. Ready Set Mo is a perfect one. Thank um, you. And if you've got a website that goes with that, it's so easy for somebody to remember. Um, and uh, my company's the same. It's you know named after the town that I work in and what I do. And you know somebody sees the name, it's it sticks in their head right away. Um, and then the other thing that you mentioned there, the quality and stuff, and it, it's why I've talked about too, um, where I will 
uh, turn down work if the customer is not willing to do what's required, um, that I can get a sense that they're just wanting to sort of take the cheap route. And I'm talking more with, um, say, lawn rentals and stuff that I've had a lot of um, experience with where you got a power rake and air rate and overseed the whole lawn and top dress it. And they're always looking for... Um, little ways that they can cut corners and maybe not do this or do that. And I tell them, Hey, if you know, your, your clients or your neighbors are all going to see my truck and trailer with all that visible signage and me doing this and tearing up your lawn with the power rake and all that. And if I don't complete those other steps that are required that I know guarantee the end result, um, because you know, you want to save a bit of money, um, in a few months when it looks terrible because it wasn't completed properly, guess who your neighbors are going to remember who did it and who are never going to call back because they're not going to understand the story that, um, you know, all the steps weren't followed on, you know, for a per- particular reason. They're just going to know that this company showed up. They're the ones that did it. And two months later, it still looks like a disaster. Right. Um, and I'll walk away from work because it's like, it's not worth it. Oh, yeah. You know, that, yeah. that reputation is there, right? They're going to see me doing it. And uh, it's one of the things that drives me nuts. I, I put a picture on Instagram few months ago of one of my clients who decided to spray the weeds himself um, <laughs> along his hedge, but he used a non-selective herbicide. Yeah, so it yeah. completely killed. And it's like, I've been mowing your lawn for how many years? And you decided to go do that yourself. Every neighbor sees my trailer out there and for every week. And now they're going to see that <laughs> complete disaster. They're going <laughs> to think it's me. Right. So it just drove me nuts to that. And, and I actually have a policy where if I get a new client, if they have a, like a, a weed man or somebody else doing applications, I'll, I'll accept it that first year. But after that, they have to switch and let me do everything. Right. Um, otherwise I'll drop them because I don't want to be responsible for a thing because they don't see the guy that comes once every two months and drops and puts some spray down, but they see the guy who's there every week mowing and they're going to associate that it's the same guy doing everything. Oh, absolutely. Uh, so I won't take on, like I, like I say, I'll make the exception the first year because for a lot of those cases, they've already prepaid for those services. Right. Um, and so I won't, you know, I'm not going to uh, do that, but after that year and I explained to them that, you know, it, I need to be the one that's taking care of all this. Um, then it usually works out. I haven't had to drop, uh, any because of that. They usually switch over and, and they're fine with it, but it, it's that same thing. Your reputation is everything. Absolutely. I, I, in fact, like that's something that I'll be pushing forward with over the next couple of years. Um, you know, I, I I'm slowly trying to, to grow the fertilizing side of the, of the business so that I don't take on more than I can personally handle. And so that's where, yeah. you know, once I get somebody hired for, for helping me with mowing lawns and stuff, then I can kind of focus more on that. You know, if I, if I were to try and tell every single person, Hey, you know, you need to hire me to do all your fertilizing as well as your mowing. And I get all of them. All of a sudden I just, you know, tripled my workflow and still have the exact same amount of time that I, have been struggling to keep up with. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, so it's something that I'm, I'll, I'll be pushing that direction as well, just because I mean, those exact reasons, you know, it's, it's a, it's, it's basically, it's a billboard. Every, every customer's lawn that you leave, you, you leave that impression for them to tell their coworkers, to tell their family members, neighbors to see it and to, you know, communicate and discuss. And, um, I mean, whether, whether it's like a hot topic or not, it's still, if, if you get one customer per season out of that, that's worth it. Yeah, absolutely. 
Um, so let's see here, moving along. So in my business, I always get the, what do you do in the winter question from <laughs> clients, from friends. Um, and, uh, so, uh, in your business, obviously, uh, from your explanation, there is an off season, um, from the mowing. Um, so what do you do in the winter? Um, and, uh, if you don't have anything that's sort of work related, you can talk about a hobby or, or something like that. Yeah. So, um, I get that question all the time from almost every single person, customers, friends, family, I mean, you name it. And basically my response is always that I lay down in the fetal position and I cry a lot. (laughs) (laughs) You know, like, I mean, yeah, so I I do, I do snow removal. Um, but I mean, that's, that's hit and miss, you know, I was, there was supposed to be a handful of inches yesterday and into today there was, there was nothing. I got, I got maybe, maybe a millimeter on my, on my driveway this morning, you know, and like you can't provide that way. And so in the past, I've always worked other jobs to, to help make ends meet work, I've worked for construction companies and home builders and stuff. But this season I'm, I'm, I'm kind of doing things a little bit differently. Um, and, and I, so far I haven't had to, I haven't gone out to, to get myself a job. I'm keeping myself focused mostly on the business. I'm doing a lot of stuff focusing on business growth throughout this, uh, this winter that'll, that'll hit pretty hard in the spring. Um, awesome. which is something I've never really been able to focus on in the past, which is really cool. Um, like I'm redoing the website and everything, um, which I mean, obviously most people probably do that, but I'm actually going to spend the next like three months getting it to the point where I really want it to be versus just throwing something together in two and a half days and saying, I guess that works, you know, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. yeah. putting together ideas and campaigns to, to just kind of make sure that I'm touching customers, um, cell phone, you know, send them a text message every once in a while or, or yeah. a letter in the mail or whatever, just to kind of keep the, keep the, the idea of ready, set, mo fresh in their mind so that once yeah, the yeah. season rolls around, they haven't forgotten who did our lawn again. Like they've, yeah. they've got, you know, a touch point two or three times throughout the winter that, you know, Oh, that, okay. Like there's no question. He's still around. He's still in business. We're still going to go. Everything's already set. They don't even have to worry about it. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I do similar like newsletter that I send out all the time with uh, clients throughout the winter. And and that's like, that's, that's something I'm just kind of moving forward with this, this year doing things a little bit differently. Like I said, you know, last year I worked a full-time job, which ended up being like 60 hours a week and yeah, you can't focus on your business if you're working for somebody else. Yeah. And a cool tip for that, if you want to try, is um, uh, setting up an, a free account at MailChimp. Yeah. Yep. That's exactly um, then, what I'm doing. <laughs> yeah. And then because you can send them out. But it, the really neat thing is that it lets you see who opened the emails and how many times and, and you know, when they read it and all that sort of stuff. So it gives you, uh, you know, if, you know, obviously if they're tracking, it gives you some cool tracking of the actual email and stuff. So it's really neat. Yeah. Um. So share your best piece of advice with those just starting out in the business. Somebody's thinking about going into lawn care. What would you tell them? Don't. <laughs> Don't. No. <laughs> um, no, I mean like it, it's, it's a, it's a great industry. There's just, there's a lot of, there's a lot of um, negativity, but I mean, that's just life in general too. Right. Um, I think my, 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 the best advice I could give to somebody is, is simply start, you know, you'll, you'll yep. never, you'll never be, the the true greens from day one you'll never be you know stewards i don't know if you have a stewards in in your area no we don't no bigger here in utah big big yeah Um, you know you'll you'll never be running with thousand customers to start 
unless you buy out a company. But if you're yeah, yeah. of like of financial means to buy out a company, what are you worried about like starting out a business for in the yeah, first place? Yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah. So like a guy that's working on a super tight budget, which is the majority of guys, and they start mowing lawns for some side income as a side hustle, you know, the the best advice is simply start. You know, there's yeah. there's no there's no wrong way to do it. You know? No. Nope. I mean there's you, you you get stuck in your head with all these things of like, well, I need to get the business license, and what about insurance, and whatever? What if my state requires this, and the, this, that, and yeah, the other, yeah. and the blah blah blah? I mean, it's all it's all just a roadblock in your brain telling you, hey, maybe this isn't a good idea. Like, I'll yeah. I'll postpone and I'll wait until the timing's right. You know, there's no there's no right time. Yeah, started I I started officially in June, mm-hmm. and I picked up six lawns that season. Yeah, I started at the end of August. You know, like that's <laughs> that's a thing. really random time to start mowing lawns. Yeah, yeah pretty yeah. much near the end of the season. People always, oh well, I'll start next year because you know everybody already has their mind. They've already hired their, yeah, their yeah. companies, and you know I started yeah. eighteen, seventeen years old, and in the middle of June, and I picked up, yeah. I picked up six accounts. You know, and that was just with like simple posted something on, on the on, on Craigslist. And yeah, just, no, that's just, awesome. You know, Hey, I'm like starting my lawn mowing company. I'd like to mow your lawn. Yeah. No, getting started is the most important thing. I try to tell, um, in the podcast and stuff, I always try to say, or try to remember to say that, you know, this is basically what's worked for me, but there's, that doesn't mean it's going to work for you. Like you have to get out there and just do it and, and learn. You can listen to, uh, you know, all the podcasts you want. You can watch all the YouTube videos you want it doesn't guarantee that what these guys are doing is going to work for you. Um, you know, and I've heard, I've, I've heard some other, uh, videos, um, some other popular guys, uh, discrediting or saying that, you know, all these, this advice you hear from people, it's all garbage and this is the way to do it and stuff. And it's like, no, it's not garbage because if it works for me, it's not garbage. It's, it may not work for you, but what you're saying may not work for somebody else either. Exactly. What people ultimately have to do is just take that and, and learn from those and go out there and do it and see, will it work for me? I can try this. I can try that, but just go in knowing that if I do this, it may not work, but I'll figure it out. And that's how it, that's how business is. You go in and you figure it out. Um, you know, and it's great to be prepared and, and use the advice of others to sort of know what to expect, but you have to take the step. Don't sit around waiting till next spring because it's a better time to do it. Cause like you said, there's six customers that you could have already uh, started and will have for next spring already by, by doing it, even if it's just part time, um, and having a side job that, uh, you rely on, but at least you're getting out there and getting it done and learning from your experiences. Absolutely. Uh, I, I may, I may, I may actually like add a little caveat in, in adding this, hire a coach, mm-hmm. start and hire a coach. Now it doesn't have to be what I did by spending $5,000 for somebody to mentor me, right? Like it, it can be something as simple as, Hey, you know, Julie, you've got this podcast that you're doing and you have a lot of information and this, that, and the other. Like I live in Florida. Obviously we're two different sides of, of the country of I, yeah. I'm technically the world, I guess. Right. You're international yeah. at that point. Yeah. So, but like, Hey, I have a couple of questions. I didn't catch them being answered on the podcast. Can you either a do a podcast about this or B can you email me back and help me out? Yeah. You know, I mean, if somebody asks a question, I've never once had somebody, even even competition that they actually view as competition, I've never once had somebody say, I'm not going to tell you that. I'm not going to give you the answer because you're my competition. 
yeah, yeah. People, like naturally people want to help other people. And so by yeah, saying, you know, Hey, look, I've got a question about this. Can you help me out? And even if they do say, you know, yeah, I'm really busy. I, I got to, you know, I mean, say, Hey, cool. Like I understand, but you have to eat, right? Let me buy you lunch yeah. and, and shoot this past you. And then yeah, yeah. You know, you're out, what, 50 bucks for lunch at a decent place. Yeah, yeah. And then, and then you call it a $50 investment in a coach, you know? Yeah. Listen to podcasts, listen to whatever, read books, watch YouTube videos and, and just focus on, on expanding your mind and growing yourself. And then like, you'll get to a point where the, the fear of starting a business disappears. Yeah. And really Absolutely. nobody's afraid to start a business. Because it doesn't, that doesn't take anything, right? There's no effort in no. starting a business. You're afraid of, like, what's going to happen in the in the after fact. Like, hey, yeah. I started my business. Now I'm afraid of the business not succeeding. I'm afraid of what people are going to say if the business yeah. doesn't succeed. If I don't yeah. produce $50,000 my first year, people are going to be like, oh, yeah, how's that lawn care business working out for you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like, <laughs> it's actually going yeah. really well. Thank you. Yeah. Even if you, even if you made two two hundred dollars that year, it's going really well. Yeah. Thank you. I'm, yeah. I'm doing something that I enjoy doing. Yeah, like everything I've ever done, every business I've got so many failed businesses, and it, it doesn't stop me. I love being an entrepreneur and and doing that. And every I can think of every business I've ever done has taught me something that I've been able to apply in the next business. And you know, I'm with this lawn care business. Um, and I've tried to show through the podcast and and uh, through the limited uh, YouTube videos I've done and stuff, whether it's uh, making my own signs. That was a sign company that I had started. Right. Um, you know, or, you know, all sorts of stuff, the web design. Um, it's all things that I did in past businesses. Um, you know, I had started to uh, had the idea and was playing around with doing a web design company and stuff at one point. And, you know, it failed the sign company. It ultimately failed. Um, but I took all those lessons and, you know, that's where I am today. And that's where this business that I have is at today. It's using those failed, um, you know, what people would say is failures. I take as lessons. Yeah. I was just going to say, uh, well, define failure. You know, yeah, I mean, and it just moves me forward. Will this lawn care be what I do forever? Um, probably not, obviously, because uh, you know, physically, I won't be able to to keep up with it, and I still don't want employees. So I'm not sure where that's headed. You know, I'm playing around with a podcast and stuff like that, and you're learning lessons all the time. You can't be afraid of learning lessons, and sometimes they'll work out like you thought, and sometimes they won't. Uh, but you. You, nobody can take away from you the knowledge that you gained from the experience and uh, you just move on and apply it uh, on your next uh, venture. It, 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 it's, it's worth way more than it's weight in gold. It's worth people go to school for degrees in business management. And if you start a business, you run it for two years and it eventually quote unquote fails. And let's say, you know, you, you invested five, six, seven thousand dollars into the equipment to start a sign company or to start a screen, you know, screen printing T-shirt company. Yeah. And the so you're you're in it. What? Seven grand, 10, call it 20, call it 20 grand. Yeah, yeah. You're you've learned far more of a valuable lesson than you'll ever get out of a out of a, you know, book that you learn yeah. from, from, from school, like a college environment. And so, you know, how much does college cost? How much is an education, a formal exactly. education in college? Yeah. 40, 50, 60, 
hundred grand, you know, depending on what you're going yeah, for. Yeah. Obviously, like I want my doctor to be well educated. I want yeah, yeah. an attorney <laughs> to to know what yeah. they're doing. But like I don't I don't go to the doctor and ask him, Hey, where did you go to school? How much did you spend on your education? Because nobody cares. Yeah. I don't care. Yeah, yeah. Right. So like especially if if I'm gonna hire a, a lawn care company, I don't give a crap if you're a licensed or I, I let me let me rephrase that. I don't care if you're if you have a uh, a degree from a college that you're a an like a, a horticultural specialist or something, you know, like I don't that yeah. that doesn't matter. All I need to know is that a grass stays green, b grass gets cut, c I pay my check. Yeah. Right. Like no. Yeah. So by overthinking and trying to put all these boundaries in 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 front of you, you're or barricades rather in in front of you, you're just slowing yourself down. Like, okay. like yeah. simply start, just start, do it. And if it, if it yeah. goes under, if it fails, if whatever, like good, that is, that's probably okay. one of the best things that could ever happen to you because you learn from it. You know, I, yeah. I've, I've started other things as like to try and run as a side hustle and they haven't really worked very well. So guess what I learned from that? I can really only focus all of my efforts and energy into one thing. I yeah. can't run three different businesses at the same time. I can run lawn mowing, pest control, fertilizing. They're all related, but I can't go and start related, a t-shirt yeah. company and try to run yeah, yeah. that full time while still mowing lawns. Full while time. still doing the same and, thing. Yeah, you know, it's like, what did I? What, you know, like, okay, so I spent five hundred dollars on on some shirts and hats to be made, and my wife's pretty upset that I spent that much money on it, and she's, you know, what's it doing? It's sitting in the basement. Well, you know what? It's sitting in there as a reminder. Five hundred dollar yeah. <laughs> investment into an educational experience. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's so awesome. Like, Great advice. Yeah, call it a failure, but you know what? Hey, I learned something, so I don't think I failed. Yeah. No, great advice. So I've got, we're down to the last question here and my uh, recording timer is at one hour and 32 minutes so far of actual recorded uh, <laughs> content. Um, yeah, sorry about that. I told you. I'm uh, no, that's, no, no, it's totally fine. Um, but I, I, with one question left, I actually have another question that I want to ask you first okay. before that. So the, the other question and, uh, is just, um, do you have any recommendations or who are your favorite, um, say YouTubers or do you watch YouTube like lawn care channels, um, or other podcasts or what would you, um, uh, recommend to other people? To, to be full, fully honest with you, I, haven't learned much from anything on YouTube or podcasts when it comes to actual lawn care related topics. Okay. Um, one thing that I've, I've really enjoyed most of the, the lawn care millionaire, uh, Jonathan yep. Toshnik, he's the guy that's yeah, yeah. behind, um, yeah. service autopilot. Yeah. Yeah. So I actually use service autopilot for my, for my invoicing program software. And, okay. um, they, they actually have a lot of really good, helpful, tips and information that they, that they share. And they're usually really quick three to five minute videos at the most. Yeah. Um, he has a lot of really good things. Honestly, most of what I've learned has just been figuring it out. Just doing it. You know, uh, if, if, but kind of, kind of like you stick a, stick a key in a socket and you realize, Oh crap, that really hurts. I'm not going to do that again. You know, (laughs) I kind of learned that way better personally. Um, you know, I mean, you've, you've, you really, you do have some great content in your episode. So if there's anybody that's catching this, you know, more recently than if they haven't listened to your older stuff and they have questions, you do have some great information. I definitely would say if you're, uh, if, if you learn that way, if you learn from, you know, rather than like a hands-on experience, 
you know, uh, definitely go back, listen to the podcast episodes previous, uh, catch anything on YouTube, you know, uh, Stan, I think dirt monkey, genetic, yep. you know, yep. he's got his, he has his podcast that he has and he doesn't yep. really focus much on lawn care. Um, but he has a lot no. of really good advice and tips. That's just business in general, yeah, yeah. business, other stuff, um, yep. you know, and, and I've honestly, I'm, I've, I've never really caught much of his YouTube stuff, but, um, lawn care millionaire is probably, probably the number one resource okay. for YouTube that I would say. Yeah. Okay. Sounds great. Um, so that brings us to our last question. And that's basically, do you have a website you can share and how can people follow you online if they want to? Well, as I said, my website is currently under construction. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, it's the winter time. So yeah, I mean, it's still up. It's just, it's just ugly. Um, so I'm not even, I mean, I don't, I don't even want to send anybody there. Okay. Yeah. No problem. Uh, if you want to go to it, it's moutah.com. Um, okay. And then honestly, I'm, I'm really, I'm really, uh, consistent with Facebook. Um, just, okay. I'm just on my personal Facebook page and it's just my name calmly Ibsen. Uh, okay. So it's, it's an odd enough name that they're, you're not going to find a whole lot of me. Too many um, of them. Yep. <laughs> if you, but if you're, if you're the type of guy that you just like to type in, just go straight to the website. I think it's facebook.com slash calmly dot Ibsen. Um, okay. Send me a friend request. I'm, I'm more than, I'm more than happy to. You know, to to help anybody out, if you guys want to get on there and tell me that you that you think that I'm stupid, go ahead. Like, that, yeah. I, I I'm welcome to all criticism. If you if you appreciate yeah. what I share, cool. If you don't, cool. Either way, I'm shining my light. Yeah. What about um? Because we know each other or have met each other through Instagram. So what sure, would your sure. uh, your Instagram? Um, I'll, I'll be honest. I keep Instagram fairly private. I do post a lot of my my family, my kids on oh, Instagram, okay. and so. Okay. Um, Fair enough. I don't generally do a whole lot of, I don't use that as my like social media platform per se. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. That's fair enough. I'm actually the, the opposite. I do the Facebook or Facebook for my family and friends. And then the, uh, Instagram is all, uh, <laughs> uh for the, <laughs> for the wide open sort of stuff. So it, fair enough. That's cool. Like mean, a, pictures are easier to post, you know, obviously Instagram, it's a, it's a photo platform. And then I, I like yeah. to just type things out, so, you know, and just share little, little blips, little stories, quick and easy just and, quick, send it, yeah. you know, just one take and ship it. And, you know, on Facebook, that's the easiest because you can't, type much into Instagram. Yeah. Yeah. No problem. And if you, I mean, if you, Perfect. not a lot of people are going to scroll through and read your 10 pair. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 They're just tapping on the photos as yep, they're yep, exactly. scrolling through. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah, that's great. Um, thanks so much for, uh, coming and sharing your light with everybody here on the lawn care business success podcast. I really appreciate that you would, uh, take out the time and be our first guest. Um, like I say, I know the episode, uh, it's at one hour, 37 minutes and 36 seconds so far, and it's going to be longer once I add intro music and all that sort of stuff. Um, but, uh, I think it's totally a value. I would put this as probably one of the top episodes in the whole history of the podcast. There was just so much value. Um, and I can really see how, um, you know, sharing other people's experiences um, can be of such great benefit to the listeners of the show. Um, plus, it's probably uh, about time that people, um, you know, start getting bored of my voice all the time and <laughs> and stuff and, and have a different perspective on things. So uh, not only uh, do I thank you for the guests or sorry for the, um, you know, audience that will be listening to this, but I thank you for um, letting me uh, and, and letting me sort of figure this out as we go, you know, 
know, being the first time I've been doing this uh, with the the guest episode, and it's really opened my eyes. I've totally enjoyed it. I didn't think, um, you know, I would when people were emailing me and asking me to do guest interviews and stuff. I was like, sort of begrudgingly saying, "Yeah, it's something I'll think about and stuff." Um, and you know, like I said, I'm a pretty uh, introverted person, but uh, I totally had a blast um, and look forward to doing a lot more of these. Uh, I think it uh, was really uh, great. Let a, it actually uh, lit a spark under me uh, for the podcast. So uh, I thank you for that and thank you for sharing your light with us. Cool, man. No, I, I th- thank you. I, I Like I said, I appreciate the opportunity. Uh, I'm, I'm happy to I'm, I'm happy to be a part of it. It's, it's, it's honestly, it's, it's more cool for me than it is, than it is for you. So, I mean, <laughs> just let, let, I guess, um, more or less take, take the lesson that, you know, like you said, you kind of get sick of your own voice. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, use, use that as a lesson to, to be open-minded to listening to what anybody else or, you know, anybody else in the industry, if they've got something or, you know, to, to create friendships with people that, you know, are your quote unquote competition. And, you know, just ultimately it's, it's, it's up to you what you take, what you take from it. Um, I, I mean, I really appreciate you having me on as your first, as your first interview. It's, it's actually pretty cool to, to have this type of back and forth versus, you know, like, like we discussed before we recorded having a conversation with yourself. You just kind of feel like it's just like, okay, well I need, I need to get to the point here. (laughs) When you have a back and forth, there's all, it it, it tends to go run a lot longer and and you have more value to it. You, get second opinions and stuff. So it's, it's cool, man. I I like the platform. I like, I like the way you did it. Um, I, I appreciate being on here. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, so, uh, uh, to our audience here, I'm going to cut you off real quick. I'm sorry. Okay. Right before you hit record, you said you were saying that you were actually really nervous. Now I, I have to ask, how was it? Yeah. Uh, it was really good. Actually, it went, uh, uh, better than I expected. Um, I was just worried about the questions and, you know, what, uh, you know, just keeping a flow and, and all that. But being uh, a solo host for 80 episodes, yeah, yeah, all of a sudden invite a stranger in, in to start talking. Yeah. But I was, I couldn't, I couldn't help but sit here and listening. Like you said, I remember you saying before we started recording to that, you, you know, you like talking and you like that. And I couldn't, I was like sitting here going like, this guy's killing it. He should be like, he should have his own podcast. (laughs) He's like so comfortable and, and thing. I I caught myself flubbing words and thoughts and stuff and you were just so fluid and stuff. So I was like, wow, that's, (laughs) this guy's killing it. He should totally have his own show. Thank you, man. I appreciate that. That's (laughs) something that may be in the works. Like I, like I kind of mentioned, but it'll be different of a, of a, of a platform. It won't be lawn related. Yeah. And in fact, I'll, I'll probably end up needing to reach out to you and just invite you on too. Cause it's something that anybody with life experience will be able to jump on and, and add value to Great. it. So yeah, no, that's awesome. Thank you. Well, Long Care Nation, I hope you enjoyed that uh, interview with Conley Ibsen. Uh, it was a value bomb packed, if I say so myself. He shared uh, a lot of insight in his business as well as a lot of his uh, personal struggles. Uh, and uh, hopefully you guys uh, find value in that in, in knowing that if you are going through hard times that you're not uh, the only one uh, dealing uh, with those sorts of uh, uh, thoughts. Um so uh, just a reminder as well that uh, this being uh, towards the end of December, that this may be, again, uh, as I mentioned last week, maybe the last episode for the year, uh, and uh, I'll be back in January. 
uh, with some new episodes. If I can squeeze in another episode before the end of the year, I will try to do that. But uh, if you're a regular uh, downloader and you don't uh, hear another episode in the next week or two, uh, you know, not to worry, I'll be back uh, in January uh, with some new episodes of the Lawn Care Business Success Podcast. So, uh, and also on the note of the interviews, if uh, you feel like this is something you'd want to try and come on the show and do and be interviewed, uh, you can uh, just drop me a line, head on over to lawncarebusinesssuccess.com forward slash contact uh, or uh, reach out to me on Instagram. Uh, so uh, that's it for this week. Here's to wishing you guys all overwhelming success and freedom in your lawn care business. Bye for now.